Attention, there's only a month left until summer. And my friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your little Gotham is prim and proper for the season with the Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for summer by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BATBOOK. Now riddle me this, what is in the Performance Package 4.0? Answer, the tools to keep you comfy for a night out in Gotham. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer maintains the front yard with a cutting edge blade that helps reduce accidents while maintaining the front yard. And you know the saying, the shorter the grass, the taller the tree. If you have some extra weeds in your ears and nostrils, the Weed Whacker is a handy device to trim the ones not even Pamela Isley would pluck. And if your downstairs desert is too dry for the head of the demon, refresh with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. It'll bring your Lazarus pit back to life. So stock your utility belt with the right grooming gadgets at manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BATBOOK. That's B-A-T-B-O-O-K, BATBOOK. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network. There's a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support it and keep those generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. I thank you for listening to episode 107, The Supergirl from Krypton. This is a very special episode proposed to me by my very special guest. Uh, he's no stranger to this show. You've heard his voice at least once a month. Uh, he is from straight out of Gotham. He is Eric Holzman's assistant. It is Peter R. Vera. Peter, welcome to the show. Only I. <laughs> can bring a book of this magnitude to the Batman book club with their extremely strict rules. Only Same. I so extreme. can take you from Gotham to Metropolis to Apocalypse. And only I am capable of bending Ryan Lauer's will. Like my name is Parallax. I'm going to rewind the very first episode <laughs> of the Batman book club. <laughs> and Peter R. You were Peter M. Vera at that time uh, as the guest. <laughs> and I'd said that my rules were a Batman got comic. More than one rule. And if it's not a Batman starring book, then he needs to be included and have an important role in the story. He shares the name of this book that you've chosen. Peter. Much like Rob Manson, <laughs> Ryan likes to change the rules. <laughs> He's in the title of this damn book. Well, that's because they've got to sell the DVD and the comic book. <laughs> um, Pete, let's 
let's dangle the carrot just a little bit longer before we dive into today's book. Um, I never get to ask you this question because you're on for the monthly wrap ups mm-hmm. in which we know what kind of Batman comics you've been reading lately. So aside from this book, Pete, what Batman stuff have you been reading lately? Uh, oh, well, uh, I've been reading uh, just yesterday. I read some Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I read some, I read Batman 123. Mm. Um uh, let's see here. Killing time. I'm reading right now. I just I'm, I'm looking at the stack. You're doing the monthly wrap-ups. <laughs> well, that's but that's what it is. That's what so you're not diving uh, into anything outside of that. Well, not until after the monthly wrap-up when I when I can. Yeah, I'll read like I will read the bat books probably closer to the end of the month. This way, they're yeah. fresh in my head. Yeah, and I'll read like last month's non-bat books it's a cycle yeah like i'll read this month's <laughs> batman books i'll read last month's non-batman slash marvel books you know um hey this is it, it was an ambitious idea we came up with of let's do a monthly wrap-ups we didn't realize um, how ambitious we were yeah i mean i think thankfully and i say this as a huge fan of what we're doing but uh thankfully we're not doing that weekly like every week we're going to talk about the bad books that are coming out. Cause I think That's that would insane. almost be more tough. It was um, rough for me just to do, believe it or not, like this is going to sound completely ridiculous, but when detective comics went through their 12 week run, oh my gosh. it was so rough to get that done because <laughs> there's just so many other things. Like once a week, once a month, a book is great. Cause you're like, depending on whenever DC gives you the, the re the review copy, you yeah. could you could kind of read it maybe sometimes early and get your review in uh, done or you know you have it and you, you whatever you you read it and you write it or whatever. But like, there's no. It's like okay, I gotta do this. I gotta do this, like, it, and it's it's a lot. So I can't imagine doing a weekly show covering Batman books more than one. No. Writing I, one review is tough. I feel like there's there are podcasts at least were but probably still are ones that do weekly and talk about every book. So hats off to them. We're gonna, we do it once a month and it's a lot, but um, I have something coming in the mail that I'll say, I mean, it's been hinted at by you so far on, on the Twitter. And uh, mm-hmm. when I receive it, I'll tweet it out. Um, you and I have something cooking. We got something cooking, Pete, that is bat book related. This is so. this is big. It, this is kind of this would be like literally the equivalent of literally a is big. <laughs> this is a suckling pig. That's how long this is going to take. It's a suckling. Yeah, pig. it's a big it's a big deal. So pay attention to both of our Twitters uh, for that. But let's you know, let's not waste any more time, Pete. Not, not that no, we've wasted any time. People let's, love banter. This is why Eric in. Carter listens. He doesn't care about the content. <laughs> he just cares about the banter. That's true. No, he'll, he'll care about this episode because uh Uxus isn't coming. Uxus is here. Let's talk about the Supergirl from Krypton. Now, this this uh, was released in the Superman Batman title back in 2004, issues number 8 through 13, written by Jeff Loeb, illustrated by Michael Turner. It's been collected in a hardcover, trade various uh hardcover trade paperback absolute edition uh dc universe infinite you know my favorite hoopla i mean it's just as its own standalone as a collection of the first like 13 issues of this run pete for this episode which version did you read i read i did this loud style yeah and i read 
the absolute edition of Batman Superman volume one, which also uh, contains the uh, Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis tale, uh, Superman, Batman, uh, public enemies. Uh, so you get two great stories in this, uh, in this absolute edition. Um, me personally, uh, I love the Supergirl from Krypton. It's mm-hmm. for me, this is, it's special to me for a lot of reasons. One. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. That question's coming. I know uh, it's been I, a while I since I've got to have you on as a regular I'm guest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, just, I, I got it. I got it. We'll get so, there for sure. I don't so know the were, format you, of the show. You had that. <laughs> you don't listen. Wow. I, no, I, I, take my AP title away. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Go back Strike to this. It. I'm back to a PA. Go <laughs> Getting coffee and donuts. <laughs> go, go assist the champion of Long Island. Okay. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> so, okay. So you have that version. Um, I don't have that absolute edition. I think I, want, single issues. I, th- I think I want that absolute. Of course you do. You're the king of single issues. You've got all the the uh, the issues. But I have I bought this is a comicsology sale for four ninety nine the mm-hmm. volume one that collects the first thirteen issues digitally. Uh, that's the version that I have, and that's the version that I read. Now, do you remember the first time that you read this story? I did. It, it, and it, it, it's actually a funny story. Okay. Uh, the first time I, re- I was, I was just getting back into comics at this time. Like, you know, really just, I believe just making my own money. I believe I'm a freshman college in college. Okay. You know, so I'm, I'm at school, but I'm still making, like, I was, as I said, on the social, I'm working at the radio station. I'm like, I'm, I'm lifeguarding. Mm-hmm. I'm, wow. You know, Hold on a second. Think, just dream about this. Peter Vera. Yeah local radio dj slash lifeguard yeah yeah <laughs> in jersey yeah that's holla okay that's carry on okay. anyway. comics yeah saving lives <laughs> I, I am batman <laughs> um and uh this came out kind of a few maybe just a little bit before i really started to d- dive deep back into comics and really just mm-hmm. started to kind of go crazy and I remember I asked my, my comic shop, you know, I was like, hey, do you have this? Main Street Comics in Milltown, New Jersey. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I, I have it for you. I have it for you next time I come in. And he hands me in a, uh, a bag, you know, your standard comic book bag, the issues. Now, as, as a, as a kind of like new reader, I was like, oh, I just kind of wanted the, 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 the graphic novel. Like I had a, I had a noob moment. and it's just funny like i was was like oh man this is this is like i just owned myself um so it's funny like i was kind of like oh i don't want the issues i wanted the i want the graphic novel yeah and and now i look back and i think about that i'm like god you're an idiot (laughs) you were handed gold and you're upset moron but um yeah that was that was the first time uh i ever held the book in hand Now, now i own it in several formats so Excellent. Um, this was the first time I've ever I've ever read this. This is my first really? reading of the Supergirl from Krypton. Yeah, this is like the storytelling that goes on within these pages is what I consider to be the best the DC universe has ever been. Whoa! Yeah, we're 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 well past Crisis on Infinite Earths, infinite you know Infinite Crisis. And you have the JSA, the JLA, you have Earth One, Earth Two. Everything's all kind of happening all at once. And like 
everything that everyone complains about online about having your shared universe is what this era of DC was. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Power Girl and Supergirl in one spot. You know, it's just yeah. And I think the storytelling was the best. This is I consider this like the in my lifetime, this is this time period from before even before the new 52, maybe a year or two before that. And then this, like this time, this 04 era, like this is like that DC comes like 04 to like, I don't know. uh, 2000. Like when did new 52 start? Give me a year. I'm drawing a blank. 2011. 2011. So like, I'll say like from like 04, like 07, 08. Like Mm -hmm. that's when DC, in my opinion, DC has been at its strongest because everything's just so tight. You've got this going on. You've got like JSA. Everyone's just, the whole DC, everything you've ever read and heard about is all just happening simultaneously. Mm. You know, all these great characters are just in one universe and it's, it's, it's really fantastic. So the book is, is great because it brings back Supergirl. Okay. Do you think this this follows retelling? What you're saying now, this follow into why you chose this story? Because a little behind uh, well, the just scenes, I you, adore, te- you I texted me because we've been doing you know the monthlies, and uh, last time you were on as a regular guest was uh, October for the Halloween, and yeah, and you you texted me and said that like you know, hey, I'd really like to come on as a regular guest, um, sometime soon or whatever, and I'm like, okay, Pete, you've been doing uh. You've been doing the Lord's work for a long time now, doing the monthlies. So yeah, whatever you want. And I said, which book? And you never hesitated. This was the the book that you wanted to do. So yeah, I just, now you have a long story of why this book feel means so much to all that. Unleash. Tell us why. Uh, again, like it, it's like I said earlier, like it starts like this is kind of, this story kind of represents me coming back into comic books and like everyone kind of knows I'm notorious. Like I'm not a team up guy. And I'm not a Batman and space guy, but I love this story. Mm-hmm. And I think the story um, is a perfect example of how to do those things perfectly um, and execute them so well uh, in both versions, both a- a- animation and in print. I think they're both executed very well. But, you know, again, it has to do like I f- fell in love with Michael Turner's art mm-hmm. instantly. Um, he's the only person that comes close to Neil Adams for me they're wow. one and one a like it's it's it flip-flops like i love i love neil and uh it, it's I'm a, I'm a comic book orphan i have no neil adams i have no michael turner anymore it's kind of sad like i can i can't go and i never got a chance to meet turner you know um yeah. ever uh, you know he he passed uh from cancer i believe in 08 and you know it, it's it's kind of it's been devastating uh, just because he was so talented, his Batman was unlike anything I've ever seen. It was part just it, it, it was muscular but gothic, you know, like it it had a presence. And his his style of artwork is so fine, and you know he, those big blue eyes of Supergirl, it, it, the way he draws Gotham City, it's just it, it's it's sad because Michael Turner he's almost like Biggie Smalls, you know, like in the small sample size that you got from them, you could argue like this is the greatest artist that's ever graced the medium. Wow. You know, you just, you look at his, his, his attention to detail and his splash pages and it, it's the man it, it gone too soon. Really. It's such a shame because he, he had so much to offer the world in terms of just his artwork and his style that, you know, it's, 
to get this story in absolute edition like when i saw that it was available it was a no doubt like i bought it instantly it could have been 300 400 i would have purchased it it didn't yeah. matter to me damn and yeah no I, I just i love michael turner so much is our I, I still collect it to this day it's obviously a little bit more expensive now because it's very few and far between there's not a lot of it but you know so, it's the way he draws is unlike anyone i've ever seen yeah we'll we'll touch on his art for sure uh coming up so let's catch up at, at this let's set the stage for this story so as i said this is issue eight through 13 in the superman batman run so it's already had an, a story arc that came before it in which you would already mentioned the superman batman public enemies so did you read that before reading this or are you familiar enough to kind of rehash what uh yeah what I mean, carries over i'm actually not a fan of public enemies i don't like yeah. it i i, I and uh, you know, I'm not a huge McGinnis fan. His artwork is is not really my style. Uh, but you know, Public Enemies essentially Lex Luthor convinces, you know, through various back channels that that uh, Superman is evil. Blah blah blah. And now Batman mm-hmm. and Superman are outlaws. Uh, there's a price on their head. Uh, everyone and everyone is out to get them. Everyone's rogue gallery is out to get them. Uh, eventually, Batman and Superman figure it out and uh, expose Luthor for what he is. I haven't read the story in a while. Um, so it's a little bit foggier. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if Luthor's dead at this point because reading this story, it makes it seem like they're talking about him like he's deceased. Yeah. So I'm like, oh wow, it's been a while since I read something from this timeline. You know, this this era of DC. As as much as I love it, you know, <laughs> we've been through like three reboots since. Then, so yeah. Things have gotten a little muddled. Well, my, my um, familiarity is only with the animated movie of Superman or of uh, Public Enemies. Which is close enough. I'm like, I don't think, no, Lex didn't die in that one. He, no, he did not. He, Uh, but it's also like that story is also kind of fuzzy. Um, it's not my favorite, so I don't really revisit it a whole lot. Um, but this story does Supergirl's one of those characters where her timeline is is very muddled. Supergirl, Mm. Donna Troy, um. I'm trying to think who else. I had another one. The Wally Wests, both of them, like now because there's two of them. It's like, wait, hold mm-hmm. on, why'd you guys do that? Um, you know, it's one of those characters where you're just kind of like, okay, and this this really streamlines it uh, for a modern audience. And uh, the fact that they bring Batman into it in the perfect way, the way Loeb writes Batman is this cynical. I don't trust you, you know, like reading the dialogue back and forth, how Batman's just kind of like so analytical and he's almost like a statistician and he wants to get the, this has to be done the right way. We have to do this slowly and methodically this way, this person, you know, because obviously she crashes to earth. Right. And yeah, they're like, you know, is she more powerful than Superman? And Superman's like, Oh, when he finds out it's his cousin, you know, he's like, oh, this is great. Kara, this is Metropolis. And this is, they have so many different perspectives. And then you get a third perspective involved in it, which is Diana's. And at some point you're kind of like, wow. And she's on Themyscira and you're like, this isn't an amazing Trinity story. Yeah. You know, because you're so- getting the all powerful and who's right. Batman for sheltering, Superman for exposing or for Diana for training. That's deep. But no, you're you're absolutely right. In a, in a Trinity story, I mean, this book has Batman, Superman, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, Big Barda, Dark Side, Granny Goodness, the, the Justice League, like yeah, the Furies. Like Loeb mixes in everybody, in which 
Jeff Loeb at this point is on a freaking hot streak. He's written The Long Halloween. He's written The Dark or Dark Victory. Uh, not long before this started, Hush had finally wrapped up. I mean, Jeff Loeb is. Does anyone do ensemble comics better than Loeb? Like, let's be honest. Like, the man obviously isn't at his best unless he's writing 14 different characters. He's at his best in The Long Halloween. How many characters are in that, though? A lot. 14 characters. Yeah, exactly 14 characters. The guy guy (laughs) excels at these large character-driven stories. It doesn't feel... I think most impressed... We'll get... So, very limited. Like, I haven't watched it in years, and we'll talk about it towards the end of... uh, this episode, the uh, Superman, Batman apocalypse animated movie. Um, Watching that, I didn't, I never read, never read the story. And so I had a general idea of probably where this was going, but also kind of, you know, a little uh, clueless also. And I, so everything that we just mentioned of all the characters. It's kind of great though. It is. And then the locations that you also mentioned of where it goes to. And I never feel like this. It's six issues. Eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, six issues. Flies by. Doesn't feel too stuffed. It flies by. Exactly. It didn't take me long to read this. Not because there isn't any dialogue or anything. It's just like I was just moving just like the story was. Uh, And Loeb, there's just something to say about the guy. Like, I'm glad in the recent... uh, batman book club you know tournament for the best batman writer that Loeb went as far as he did because i do think he's one of batman's greatest writers and i mean just look at that like the long halloween dark victory hush many consider top 10 maybe top five batman stories and the guy did that in such a short amount of time and then followed it up with this and then threw in superman and wonder woman and stuff and i i I love and maybe I feel like the, the story moves because it literally is moving, you know, jump in those locations. It's not overstaying. It's welcome. Well, it's great, great dialogue. Like the interactions mm-hmm. between Batman and Superman are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman at one point tells Superman to go play with his dog. Like th- we're still in like, kind of <laughs> like the nineties, a hole Batman phase. He's like, yeah. You know, at one point Batman goes like, you know, I'm, don't make me get Lois. Like he knows exactly how to get, <laughs> cause Clark is, you know, in, in, in the print version, Clark, Clark is Superman is in the watchtower. He's kind of quarantining himself. You know, he's not really an active member of the JLA for some reason. I can't remember why. Whereas in the movie, he just kind of like flies in to save the day. Um, But there is some banter back and forth between the two. There's slight differences. Um, But I think, go ahead. It also like there's foreshadowing early on within the story. Like when Sue, when Batman's like, I'll get Lois, and Superman's like, that's the difference between you and me. You'll do whatever it, it takes to get it done. And then fast forward the end of the end of the book, and Dark's like, D- my man Uxus is like, only <laughs> a human would do this. Only you, because you take the lives of your own for you know for lesser reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, oh my God, you're such a brilliant damn writer. Can we get he- you away from TV and back into comics, please? I think a big strength for this book. Because I like you, you know this. Like me, Batman in space. Like, oh, am I really, really choosy on if if I'll read it? And Batman, and- especially Batman versus Dark Side. Yeah, like that's I like mean, that's Batman has no yeah, shot. Yeah, like how are you going to keep that entertaining for me? Yeah, Batman and team ups. It's like I like the idea of his, you know, his allies, him with his allies, him the Trinity and stuff. But I'm, it's not like just because they're all together automatically means for you, me you don't it's a want great that story. BVS effect where he's just hiding behind a rock. 
right? I actually liked that in BVS because I felt like, oh, good, you're not t- trying to well, tell he knows me that limits, he's going to but- fight Doomsday. It's like he's staying back, and what can he do? Right. He can shoot the grenade. But you don't. But like, who but... want you want to see Batman in action? You know, like yeah. that's that. That's the. It's it's not saying it's it's like a bad scene, but it's just you're putting Batman against an enemy which yeah he can't he shouldn't be fighting. You know, it's like what's the it, point it, of this? Because yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like you get to Batman versus Darkseid here, and you're like, well, what does Batman have against Darkseid? And then Loeb actually pulls the card out of like you know Batman basically saying I'm I'll blow up this entire damn planet. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman's willing to kill everyone on Apocalypse, plus the person he came to rescue at Supergirl, just so Darkseid won't win. Like he's literally like, it's either one or the other. Either we all die or we all walk out of here. So and I it's think, kind of like cold. I think it's uh, Loeb writes his actions as plausible, the story plausible. He he, and it's almost as if he focuses on like the relationships of the characters and not let's break down the scientific code of every single thing that we're going to try to accomplish here, you know? And I I do think that there's a lot of like really deep science fiction uh, text in a lot of stories that feature, I mean, that feature like the Justice League or Batman and Superman together and stuff like that. And that just kind of, that always bogs the story down for me here. I think it moves because it is like, I don't know. You're speaking. Bruce's perspective is we don't know this stranger. She's very powerful. We can't just automatically assume that she's a, that she's an ally and that she's your cousin. How do we really know she's your cousin? Look at that right there. Like substitute different people and like different characters in for them. And it can be played out on a very humanistic, like that's just very, that's a humanistic level. Mm. That's not, well, she comes from the fourth quadrant of the uh, super sect zero and the wormhole in here and scientific data shows, you know what I mean? Where it's like, that kind of gets like, instead it's moving. It's very, it seems like relatable. It's not so much how she got here. It's more or less who is she. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and I, like, I love- who care? Don't, we don't care how the sausage is made. The sausage is here. What do we do with it? <laughs> we eat it, put it in your pocket, save it for later. <laughs> or uh, do you put, I don't know, do you eat it now? Do we eat it cold? It's like everyone has their, like, you know, their preference, yeah. right? So, so here with bringing in Supergirl, in you have Clark now who's facing of like, oh shit, this is, a, this is my cousin. Like, I thought I've lost my planet. Um, I've accepted that fact that I lost my planet and any any other anyone else of my species. And now here is someone. But now my, I mean, I don't know if you'd say Bruce is his best friend, but you know his ally. They make it. They make it seem like they're best friends. He he's putting up that wall of like he's. It's almost like he's coming between them. But that's just like that's that's classic Bruce, and so. Loeb focuses on that as being like a key part of the story, which I really approve. Of course, we know this is Supergirl. So you could almost say Batman's kind of being an asshole, but it's like, no, but he is. He's and he's he's being himself. That's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. He's supposed to be prepared for all that. And he does it so often throughout the story. Like, like, there's like one point, like, (laughs) he goes, he's like, you, you, he's like, I can't believe like the only two remaining pieces of your race are you and the dog. (laughs) <laughs> like it's, the, crypto has has a very good scene in 
uh, in the book and in the movie. Uh. And he's mentioned an awful lot throughout the story. Batman reverences crypto like three, four times, and they're all digs, except for when crypto doesn't trust Supergirl. So Batman is literally just making things up as he goes along to whatever fits his benefit. Just, yeah. to, just to have that I'm right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, okay, we're talking about everybody, I guess, except Supergirl. What's your so what's your familiarity in comics with Supergirl up to well, this point? As I've said, she's had a very muddled history. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, every, it seems that every generation of comic book fans has a version of Supergirl, whether you have the original version or you have, let's say, the Matrix, which then turned into uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Linda Danvers, I believe her name is. Um, you know, and then we, we then we come back full circle to this version, which is Kara Zor-El. And then you have Power Girl from Earth 2, who is Kara Zor-El without, the, without, I think it's either without the dash or without the E. Uh, you know, so like, this is a confusing history. Okay. So I know, I know all of it. I've uh, Supergirl as a character that I really, really love. I like Supergirl more than Superman. Oh, um, oh yeah, I no, take. no, it's the truth because of well, mostly because of this story. Because it, like, this is kind of my, I'll say, my introduction to you know. And she's growing up. She's she's in the story. Like when I was reading, she's kind of my age, right? She's probably in her late teens, early twenties. And you're like, it's just relatable. So like this version of Kara was really great. I read the t- I read her her Supergirl title that came out of this, which was uh, uh, which I believe Ian Churchill was a big part of, and he his art style is very similar to Turner's. But Kara just being the younger version of Superman just seemed like a cooler thing to me. You know, you could just relate to it. You know, as the, as a younger kid, like Superman's an adult, <laughs> Supergirl's you know, it's kind of like Robin. Like, you know, like I love Robin a lot because I can relate to him. He's, he's a kid hanging out with Batman. <laughs> so that's what Supergirl is. Um, so it's cool to me that they were able to streamline this and make it a little better. Like at one point in Supergirl's history, uh, her father was jealous of Jor-El. So actually sent her down there to kill Kal-El. Like, <laughs> and there's parts of that in, in all, all different types of, uh, of her origins and stuff. And it's, it's funny just to, I like when things are kind of cleaned up. And I, again, like, this era of DC did a great job of cleaning up and streamlining and introducing so many characters into the universe that I think this is a great example of what they did, bringing a character that, you know, probably hasn't been seen since. Oh, when was Linda Danvers like last comic book, like somewhere. And then you have, you throw in like Sir L even at some point, which was the, the Supergirl with the black suit and the red S and the, and the uh, uh, Selena Kyle haircut. You know, so like <laughs> there's a lot out there that a lot of people and i believe that was also part of like uh, mcginnis's superman too so like she's that supergirl is fairly fresh too so there's various forms i just it, it's it, for a character who has such a confusing history this title really does a great job of cleaning up everything where you know jor and uh, oh, i forget her father's name kara's father you know, they, they both had like the same idea. They send their kids out there. Kairos was to arrive to Earth first to protect Cal. Uh, that didn't happen, obviously, because of uh, asteroids, radiations and whatnot. Uh, Clark arrived, Cal arrived first. Kara arrived 20, 30 years later. And the roles are kind of reversed. And, uh, you know, and then but then you also involve <laughs> Batman and Wonder Woman. And you're mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a ride. So yeah. you have such a. 
what do you want to say um an archive of supergirl's history Ooh. i don't i know it's the character exists Ooh. i know it's superman's cousin that's about where it ends for me and both of us are able to jump into this story and be very satisfied and follow along everything mm-hmm. with with the, her inclusion in this and with the character herself uh, and I think that that's a that's a credit to Loeb for sure um, that whatever baggage we do or don't have with the character we can we can accept this one as is and and follow along in the story pretty seamlessly which i really liked and i like she's it's not just a yes her inclusion is important um but like she and she may it's a superman batman title but um she's important for the story that's called the supergirl from krypton like she is the reason for like every action you know, every yeah. focal point of each issue. So the first issue yeah. is in Gotham and you see all the reactions for because of her arrival. The second one, um, I mean, starts in, that's still, that's in the Batcave and then it ends up in a park in Gotham, but then we get taken and that's in, we get the inclusion of Wonder Woman. That's because of her. Then the we're in the Metropolis where they see the statue and she's like, oh, okay, this is how they see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me- Metropolis. Yeah. So we're in Metropolis because of her. Then we're in the Mascara because of her and there's a fight. Then we get the inclusion of your boy, Darkseid. It's because of her. Then we're on Apocalypse because of her. Then we're at the Kent farm because of her. Like yeah. she's such a focal point. She's a without, beacon. Without she's it. A beacon. Yeah, perfect. There you go. Without Darkseid says it himself. Take me to Earth and get me the girl that fell from the sky. Yeah. Like we all Dark, Apocalypse is far away. <laughs> How the hell does he know? He knows right? everything. Well, as I said, it, it's news. You know, whatever. you've been preaching the gospel of the Uxus for a long time on Channel New, you know. on Channel Fifty Two. Like that's the headline: <laughs> Girl <laughs> falls from the sky <laughs> on Earth. So it's it's a big deal, you know. And again, like Darkseid's whole angle in this is pretty interesting because he's down a fury. Barda has defected, and he needs someone to so take, take. You know over. so much of of that character i don't know much but to me i just was able to quickly uh jump aboard mm-hmm. he knows he, he can't take on superman he can't get superman oh but there's another kryptonian that's probably okay let's go like it's it, not that it, to he me, can't take on superman he's very confident in his abilities it's, he, he wants to have superman. the other he has he, he needs the upper hand he needs uh, kind of, you know, he needs that ace and, and, he, and if he has his own Kryptonian, he yes. doesn't necessarily have, you know, like it, it, that's kind of where he's at. It, it makes total sense to me as a yeah. someone really unfamiliar with a lot of that, that he's tried and, and failed numerous times against mm-hmm. Superman. Well, here's another Kryptonian. Let yeah. me get that one then. Let me try that one. That, and that to- it totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, that works. Um, it didn't take me out of the story or get me like, oh, okay, here we go. I roll. It's, it's, this is checking the boxes of my very small, like this is what I need to not totally lose me with all of these elements in one story. And yet Loeb found a way to make that happen. And yeah. now th- throw on top of it. Michael Turner's art is fan freaking tastic. It's and so I, I asked you the other day about is. his art. Cause 
I'm just unfamiliar with him. And then it, you, I mean, you dropped some knowledge on me on that. He'd passed away quite a while ago. I'm like, well, I bet that's probably why I'm unfamiliar. And you said that he did the covers for identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh shit, I can totally see those now. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. The, this, like, this is, this is up there with Jim Lee's uh, DC work. I, I don't like hands down. Yeah. I, I, I would say at the time, the two of them were probably the best artists at, at DC comics. Colorist Richard, St- wait, hold on. Peter Steigerwald, yes, is the colorist. I've never heard of his work. I could have almost thought this was like Scott Williams. Yeah, who always you, does you, Jim Lee's coloring. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's very good. I just there's not much to complain about. Um, Loeb just nails characterization of everyone throughout the book. Um, well, tell me about and, your boy Michael Turner. Why do you uh, love this well, art so much? Why is he like you're up there with Neil Adams as your favorite? It, tell I mean, me more, it, Peter. It, if tell you more, I mean, just look at the way Batman stands. It's the way mm-hmm. that cape fits around his body, you know. And but it's it's engulfing, but at the same time, it's still like widespread at the feet. Um, the the claws, like the the fingertips, like I don't know why, but that gets me every time. Mm-hmm. That's not something normally I would like, but for some reason, Turner is able to really. Uh, get that for me and this is going to sound weird but i love the way turner draws hair like when i would doodle myself i would try to emulate the way michael turner draws hair it's just the, Apo- his... apocalypse uh kara hair uh any type of kara <laughs> hair just like, the, the way he swoops it and the bangs and the, the the line work is just phenomenal and I, the way he draws eyes and like when bat when batman's like <laughs> when batman's undercover in the park like he's out of the cowl, but he's got like those triangular sunglasses that look like the eyes in his cowl, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like I know that's Batman. Um, also, like an- another reason why this book is so great, it, it involves the uh, the Harbinger, which we all know, which, which Ryan should know from his recent read of Crisis on Infinite Earths. So she plays a big part in the story as well. So that's a big piece of like DC universe there. Um, I did. But yeah, uh, even just, oh man, like, when uh when batman says to artemis face me and he's swooping down with that cape i mean it just oh man for what in my opinion for what um uh todd mcfarlane was to spider-man um uh michael turner was to uh batman like that's like oh man it just doesn't get better well he kind of gives of the trinity he gives all of them their their shots you know, like that splash page at the end when Wonder Woman captures uh, Kara, you know, for mm-hmm. a better term. That when like, that's Batman, amazing. Um, then the, oh the gosh, cover. What's, what's her name that Kara's fighting in on Themyscira? Artemis. An L. Oh, Layla. No, she's friends with Layla. So okay. she fights Artemis. But when Superman's got her like up. Yes, I know. Yeah. It's, he's holding a woman by her neck, but it's like his substitute anybody in that and that's like a superman powerful powerful shot what I mean, you just said with wonder Woman. artemis is probably the second strongest amazon on the on the planet <laughs> she's doing she's she could take out probably three countries by herself <laughs> i mean um, but then yeah. then as, as he's taken on as they're fighting dark sides uh army and like a superman shoot, and then dark side gets his his shots when they boom with um Ooh. The Trinity and the Big Barda boom into Apocalypse, like that shot. It's like every character just kind of gets a gets a moment 
Well, early on when Batman's with his like swimming machine, you get a two full page spread about that. That looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, Batman popping out of the water looks incredible. Um, uh, just uh, Superman giving Kara the cape in the Batcave, and just like the covers, like these covers are. I was just, just going to say that the covers absolutely epic. Um, you know, whether it's you know Superman and Supergirl flying and Batman's kind of like bust in the background. Mm-hmm. Or you've got like Diana, <laughs> Batman, and Superman kind of up top of the page, and you have the Amazons training in front of what looks like a Coliseum. Like, it's just like, how can you not look at this and be like, oh my God, we, man, just cancer sucks. <laughs> it just does. It just, it, it took his life so early, and it, he had so many great stories to tell, I can imagine. It's just, it's just beautiful artwork. It really, you, you, it's it's detailed. It's not over stylized. You know, it's it's so clear and crisp. His line work is so fine, and I love this Wonder Woman costume. Like I kind of miss, just I I guess the bathing suit costume, for lack of a better term. Like I I, I, I lo- and with the red boots and the white stripe, like that's like classic Wonder Woman to me. I wish that way. I'd love to see Gal Gadot rock the traditional Wonder Woman costume mm. one day. But like I, it's you know it everything just feels vintage you know it, it all from Superman and the red trunks to Batman like the only thing Batman's missing is the oval but like I can't I can't argue Michael can't even complain about that it, it is you know it's just watch Superman versus the, the Trinity versus the Doomsdays like that two page spread is beautiful you there know? you go so now I mean you've been hyped about this uh, take me to Apocalypse. Oh man, apocalypse! It's <laughs> tell me about your boy. It's crazy because, like, so is were you ever? Did you know ever about the female furies? No. One outside of, of the if in the animated, the two animated movies of the Superman, Batman, and uh, now this, like, I'm I'm very limited. Well, I knew Granny Goodness. One of Jack Kirby's greatest creations, the female furies, Dark okay. Side's honor guard a group of women who probably could defeat the Amazons by themselves, like five, just five, just badass warrior mm. women, you know, uh, you've led by uh, traditionally a big bar to believe train them. You have uh Stampa, uh, Guillotina, Bernadette, Mad Harriet, and my favorite Lashina. Lashina. Um, yeah, Lashina's my favorite. I, I don't know why. Maybe I got a thing for Dominatrix. I have no idea, but she's probably my, she's definitely my favorite. I love Lashina. And she was just recently in a comic book I read. I forget which one, but I got really hyped about it. Um, but it's just a really cool just thing that I mean, like everything Kirby came up with was cool. The guy's a genius. Really cool. All of it. Just and they're like some of the most interesting, like everything on Apocalypse is so interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and to invade apocalypse coming from earth is like kind of unheard of, right? Like not many times do we go to apocalypse. We've seen in Batman, uh, we've seen in Superman, the animated series, you know, we've seen it a few times, but mostly it's dark side coming to earth. So taking the battle to him on his turf is an interesting idea and doing so with what might be the most unstable Superman at the time, because he's just high on emotion. Kara's mm-hmm. been kidnapped. Dark side has her. This is the this is my only real true blood relative. You know, Superman's on edge and he wants his, his family back. So he's not thinking 
genius. Usually the man who is the voice of reason isn't anymore. So it, it's interesting. You're going in there and things are hot, right? You're going in there with someone who defected in Big Barda because that's your, you know, essentially your intel and your map. And then you've got your strategic input in Batman and you've got your, your basically your uh, warrior leader in Wonder Woman. So you've got your team assembled and you're going into probably the most hostile environment that you've ever faced as a superhero. Like that's just point blank. The three of them have never faced, I, I think, anything really like this um, at the time. Um, I, I guess if you want to call the anti-monitor in Crisis Infrastructure, but that's not just the three of them, that's the entire universe, right? Like we're talking about four, four characters versus what is a god, a demi, yeah. and, you know, and a demigod. Um, and when we go to Apocalypse, and, and the, you know, <laughs> getting to Apocalypse is the cool part because the Trinity has to go visit Barda, who's now living in suburbia. And that just creates for really funny, awkward moments. Barter's neighbors, you know, <laughs> she's like, Diana, did you land an invisible jet in my front lawn? And then Batman just sneaks up out of nowhere, you know? So it, it, it as he does. Yeah. It just creates these funny moments. And it's just when they boom tube into apocalypse, just it's everything, you know, you've kind of been told just fiery hell hole. And, and you know, Batman quickly assembles like Mr. Miracle's, uh, I don't know, little jetpack thing. <laughs> and he's off to do his, 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 uh, the ultimate deed with the hell spores. And then he, you get this really cool action scene with the, with the amp, with, uh, Barda, uh, the Furies and, uh, Wonder Woman. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You have that. You have Batman versus Darkseid. And then you've got Superman versus Supergirl, basically. So you've got three fights. Well, Batman versus Darkseid is, is so, I mean, we can get into that. You want to get in? We talked, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Bring it on. I was just going to say that I like, as we've already talked about, of what kind of chance does he have against Darkseid? But then well, his yeah. biggest, I think Batman's most important part of the story comes here with the spores. Yes. And he's already got it set and ready of like, I'm going to blow your damn planet up. Mm-hmm. Classic Batman. It is uh, literally. And like I said, the foreshadowing earlier on, you know, do whatever it takes to get the job done. Mm-hmm. That's essentially Batman's motto. And we get, we get, and they teased it with a lowest joke. Like Clark, you can't come here. I don't need you right now. And like, you know, like until it's absolutely necessary and literally something's falling out of the sky that you can only lift mm-hmm. up, you're going to stay away. And he's doing what he can. And, you know, he's facing this giant. It's so weird. Cause like I said, like I'm not a Batman in space guy at all. Yeah. And then to see Batman get eaten by a giant dog. <laughs> to only essentially kill the monster, then steal the armor to protect himself from Darkseid's beating in only a few minutes from the from the from the warriors. It's just, it's all standard Batman to me. From being literally seven steps ahead, like mm-hmm. he knows what he's got to do before he gets to Apocalypse. He's just trying to put it all together as he as he kind of goes along. Like he has the idea. It's like a rough outline. Right. Like he's, he's got the treatment ready. He's just got to write the script. You know, he knows he's got to find a way to pull something over dark side. He's got to do that. He's like, physically, they can't win this fight. They just, they can't, they're no. outmatched. You've got you, the Kryptonians equal each other out. Dark side wipes off everybody. He's got his entire planet against you. And you're, you're, you're a group of four. You've got no shot except 
you have the greatest strategic mind in print on your side. <laughs> and when it comes to comic books, it's the goddamn Batman. <laughs> Dark side. I, like, I like how you kind of lean back a little bit with that. Like, yeah, what like you got? what do you got, bro? Ooxus. Ooxus. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> we didn't have an Uxus call yet, so thank you for you that. You know, and you know, for Batman to kind of give him the rope a dope, like you could hit me, you could kill me, but that means you die. Yeah, you need me alive to save you. Check me. So, what's fun here, especially, is that's Batman's proposition to Darkseid. And they basically come to terms in a sense. It's almost like, uh, all right, agreement. Uh, we got Kara. We're not going to blow up your planet. Leave us alone. Because villains always say, okay. Which then leads us to, which I remember this part because of from the movie. Or not remembered this part. I remembered this part from the movie. I assume that's what's happening. But pretty awesome that they end up at the Kent farm mm-hmm. and an Uxus surprise. Uh, How great is Michael Turner's Uxus? Yeah. Oh, that that brow. Fantastic. A brow and, that can only be rivaled by the thing. <laughs> and I know that we can't. Anybody reading this? I mean, they kind of, they knew. Darkseid uses his beams and turns her into dust, ends on a pretty awesome page where he says pity and Superman's crying there holding her ashes. Darkseid's version of the snap. Um, yeah. We know she's not dead, but what a great way to end the issue. You know? Well, and it, then it's just, it's a funny way to end the issue because like, <laughs> was it like a couple pages before you get this amazing two-page spread of Supergirl and Superman mm-hmm. flying. And she's like, I like my uniform and uh, my mom made it for you. Mm-hmm. You get this epic like introduction to Supergirl, right? Like they bring her back from Apocalypse. They honor Harbinger. Kara decides she wants to be a hero. She puts on the suit. They do a whole shebang. And Superman's like, I'm going to, I want you to, I think the best way for you to go about this is the way that I went about this. And then yep. bam. Right through the front door. Beaming red eyes of Ooxus. So well, then we're you're back to an unhinged Superman, like we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And this is the time for him to be unhinged because he's beats like this is a pretty awesome fight. He says hell. He says shut the hell up. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a pretty vulgar statement from Superman. But then it looks like he's about to get blasted and enter Wonder Woman in a freaking awesome panel. Yeah, which honestly, like, totally had to inspire the the, the scene in BS, right? right? Like that's I what mean, I that's, thought of right away. That's it. I mean, you look at that, I mean, you just swap out Superman in the background for Batman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's the scene. Like that, that's it. You know, I hear it. <laughs> You know, I just, yeah, I just hear it. Like I, uh, and it's, I, it's been a while since I've, it's been a while this story. It's been a while <laughs> since I've read this story. So like, it's probably honestly, it's probably the first time I've read this since BVS 
came out and i know it's a long time but like as soon as i flipped the page i heard mm-hmm. that music man <laughs> i just did i was like and i was like yeah kick his ass diana just incredible i mean it's okay i, oh, I totally God. forgot about something i was like wait that that happened on apocalypse something that uh superman says is an monologue bruce barely has a heartbeat going up against dark side even after all this time bruce's courage and people call me superman i really like that dialogue there's a lot of stuff like that throughout the book where for it for as much let's say for as much as batman gives superman the business face Mm -hmm. to face internally he respects the shit out of him Mm -hmm. you know he won't admit it but he does and it goes both ways like the the version of the characters that are represented in this story are best friends you know they Mm -hmm. trust each other without a doubt no questions asked even diana like you know i'm taking her with me she just goes you know they the the three of them together these are best friends you know to the point where like you know superman throws a dig jason jason todd and a donna troy dig to the both of them and the two of them don't lose their cool they just eat it right yeah like you could only do that with your friends but anybody else says that to the two of them they're ended up on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I'm unfamiliar with uh, the source wall. So, dude, this is this is why I wanted this story for Lauer. I wanted Lauer to branch out side of Gotham in the DCU. I want Lauer to talk about things he's not really familiar. The source wall. I want Ryan Lauer well, I to just get into it. the source wall. That's the where source wall, and that's where Dark Side goes. Which I think um, is very interesting. Like Superman just knocks the crap out of him through universe, through time, through space to the source wall, the barrier of the DC universe. Well, he he gets even stronger because he basically is almost fighting on the sun basically yeah when he's fighting dark side at one point and we know that that's his regenerator do they just go through the sun like it just makes it seem like he's just a straight line through everything through the source wall to the source wall yeah like i'm i'm led to believe through turner's art that they go through the sun i mean sure there's nothing that says you're you're wrong. Right? I just like, felt this like is on the like, outskirts. But <laughs> it's funny. Grant Morrison was like, "I've seen this. He gets more powerful. I'm going to kill him." <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, then, in, then in the end, what was the whole? Explain to me the switcheroo. I read this a couple of days ago, and I kind of forgot because Kara's back at Themyscira. Well, that's the whole thing. It's it's all for not like, trans ported at the they last second it, by yeah. wonder woman right they basically they did basically did a little bait and switch yeah they just teleported okay. Kara out after she got omega beamed for you know a little dust yeah and okay. it's just you know i think everyone by story's end everyone learned that each of us were right each of us were wrong so we've got to combine our ideas into one yeah so kara has got to be kept a secret 
dark side's got to think she's not alive yeah she's dead you know she's got to take it slow so we got to take her to kansas she's also going to be here like they basically were like okay we just got to put this is just a big old smorgasbord you know like <laughs> we're all just gonna smorgasbord everything's right she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna on the job training she's officially supergirl right you know mm-hmm. uh you know what beginning of the story she hated batman now she's very appreciative of what batman and his teaching she understands him like everyone really kind of came full circle and learned something mm-hmm. at the end of this story you know not one person was specifically right but like i said they all have good ideas they just need to put it all together in a plan whereas earlier on they were trying to divide and conquer instead of working together you get that you get a good old dc universe shot at the very end too it's great it's your, i mean it's it, it's just, oh that's great to see her like that panel of her in front of the sun yeah that's, you know, that's a great one to end on as it should too i mean that's that's a good one that's yeah, how it should end. You know, it's great. And like I mentioned earlier, like the only Ian Churchill did a little modification to her skirt. He added like a little uh, yellow uh, piping on the bottom, which I actually liked a, a, a little bit more. But outside of that, I'm like this is Supergirl. I mean, like th- this is what Supergirl looks like to me. Like when mm-hmm. I think of her, when I think of this character, I instantly think of the Michael Turner interpretation of Supergirl, I, especially this panel that the story ends on. The thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, do you have anything else that you want to bring up that we didn't talk about? Uh, I mean, I feel like there's so many things. I mean, just I could talk about this for hours. There's there's things I I can't remember right now, but there are things I want to talk about that we didn't discuss. But uh-huh. I love this story. I think it's great. I, I, I really wanted, and I, I mean this, like I wanted, I picked this story. I honestly did because I I like I, I try I I want Lauer <laughs> to read more <laughs> stuff outside of Gotham. I really because the dc universe is so wonderful comic books do, occasionally so just he does but I, anywhere I, I, near as much as this story is really entrenched in dc lore and history like there's a lot Pete's uh, recommendations i listen to pete's recommendations everyone but paul herman re- listens to what yeah. i tell him to read paul herman refuses to listen paul to doesn't trust you for some reason i don't he does, i don't know i don't know why i probably have as many marvel comics as he does <laughs> twice as many <laughs> if you count the dc ones then yes yeah, but uh, yeah, Paul Herman uh, for some reason does not want to read any books I recommend. Like, but Ryan seems to love everything I recommend to him, including it, this story. It works when you do. Yeah, like you'll tell me of like some like, oh, it's really good. You should give it a shot. And there's some that you're like, read it, and that's when I know to take you seriously. Justice yeah. League and the Winner, I'll never forget. That yeah, that was a good one. A lot of people mocked me for that one, but I I really had. I mean, Ryan I sounds good. Super Supergirl, the blind Krypton. faith, but. That was even better. Yeah, this is a this is. I thought the story, story was, man. I thought the story was badass. I don't. I don't find a, a weak uh, chain in the armor at all for it. I I had a blast with it. I read it fast because I was just entertained. I thought it was a lot of fun. It moved. It had great character work. Um, each character was important for the story to continue going. Uh, it was just. It was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. And they really do feel like a large family here. Like there's a lot of emotion that goes on. The like, you know they're they're looking out for each other. They're protecting each other. You know the the superhero community. Like you could tell that it's it's a fraternity. It really mm-hmm. is. You know like, and in this era, like you know you like I said, you get the JSA involved. You got the Harbinger involved. You get Apocalypse involved. You know this era of uh, of DC is so grand. 
and so fluid, but yet so self-contained. It's wonderful. And, you know, again, there's so much emotion. Like, you know, when you think Kara's gone to when Kara's kidnapped. To, do you just think of the emotional spectrum that Superman goes on throughout the story? It's really, it's, it's heavy, you know, the highs and the lows. It's kind of devastating. At one point he's riding high, you know, again, blood relative. He never thought he'd have anyone. You know, never thought there was a Kryptonian out there, but then again, it's his own relative. Yeah. To her being taken by his, you know, what could be his most deadly enemy. To fighting her, then fighting for her, then faking her death. <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's, there's so many interesting elements of the story and Loeb does such a great job writing it. This Batman Superman run was fantastic. It really was. It's how many me, issues still, did Loeb stay on for that? He, I, he most might have done one more. He started off. He did the maybe the first three. Gotcha. But everyone okay. who came up after, like there wasn't. There's not many bad. Not really a bad one. Towards the end, yeah, sure, it fades a little bit, but gotcha. This is still like the gold standard. Yeah. For me, okay. when it comes to Batman Superman stories. Pete, let's hop into some favorites, shall we? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your favorite part. What was your favorite part of the Supergirl from Krypton? It's got it's got to be the opening sequence of uh, just scaling through Gotham uh, to uh, enough, like when he first captures her, you know, after after everything. It, it just it, it perfectly sets up everything. And I just, I just, I love what I, I love that from, you know, Supergirl to the meeting, the guy, the guys in the back alley to her floating up, not knowing her powers. She's speaking Kryptonian. Batman has no idea what she's like. It's, it's very interesting stuff. It might my be man. Cause that's mine. That's mine too. It's, it's so a good, good Gotham city. And as you just said, it's as a great a, Gotham, she gets confronted by Batman who just enough, enough. He's on the corner yeah. of a. I mean, it, of a tall building, you know, skyscraper or whatever. And that, that's just, oh, it's badass. But yeah, I love the discovery um, following along and seeing, I mean, Batman underwater going after her as she's walking, you know, going through Gotham and chaos and all that stuff. And yeah, I like, I like the opening a lot. I think that was yeah. my favorite part too. And in, in an arc that's full of a lot of great moments, I think that's my, probably my favorite. Every book has a great moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All six issues. How about a favorite panel? Oh, yeah. It's honest. It's not Batman related. <gasps> it's okay. It's, uh, it's, I'll allow it. It's, um, it's where she thanks him for the suit and he says, My mom made it for you. Mm-hmm. My mom made it. Like, that's just great to me. Um, nice. The first introduction of the female Furies is also great. Um, that's just it's just great artwork by uh Turner. Uh, there's uh, like I mean, I could pick out like two. There's a lot from every book. It's just the guy was on his A game when he drew this book. Mm-hmm. Um, in a book that's full of fantastic covers, um, in moments, I think the first page, Gotham City with the the bat plane in the in the harbor. Yeah, the blimps overhead. Love it. Give me a good Gotham City with a little bit of a Batman in which you have the Batplane. So, like, I just, I love all the fighting stuff. I love the images of Batman all over the place. But I mean, as I always say for on this show, it's give me one image that I can kind of just create a story around or whatever. And it's like, oh, here's Gotham City and Batman's in the harbor. Like, it's awesome. Love it. Yeah. It just, 
it feels like Anton first meets mm. B Taz. Nice. Um, now this was adapted into animation with the 2009 film Superman Batman Apocalypse. Now, Pete, when that first came out, for some reason, I didn't like it a whole lot. I think it was something about with Clark taking her shopping or whatever felt very not my thing. I love and that's I thought my favorite scene. I thought cheesy for me and I just wasn't really interested and also like I've I've grown uh, physically and as a comic book fan since then that I was even more so like less interested in outside of Gotham stuff. Um, I, know. I know you. So I haven't finished it on the rewatch. I'm about halfway through the rewatch and I'm enjoying it now more than I ever have before. Seems like you've loved it from day one. The only thing I don't like about it is the title. I think the title's dumb. <laughs> I think it should have just been, I don't know why they called it Apocalypse. I figure it, Batman, Superman, Supergirl would have been fine enough. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, like, they did a great job of interpreting Turner's artwork. Mm -hmm. They came out uh, years after his death um it's more in line with under the red hood than it is year one there are slight differences um they exclude things from the greater dcu mm -hmm. right like the justice league doesn't come at the end uh at the, at the third act is less justice league like marsha manhunter's not you know installing the door in the kent house <laughs> there's certain things certain in the book i believe luther's dead um this is a sequel to public enemies even though they mm -hmm. look nothing alike uh luther is uh you know superman stands on trial uh well luther's on trial superman is uh gives his his statement i believe so there's slight things to make it fit within the continuity of each specific universe but it's great um conroy's wonderful Mm -hmm. uh and daily did he do yes he did granny goodness andre brower i think is that how his name's pronounced he's captain holt in brooklyn 99 yeah what a great voice that guy has and he's your boy i actually am a little underwhelmed by his dark side Are you? okay it wasn't mean enough for me all right i i tend to lean toward the uh was it michael aggressive oh, it michael ironhide uh, that what the from the animated series? animated series it just a little bit more it's a little rougher it feels like michael ironside ironside okay God. yeah i mean and if that name doesn't sound familiar just look him up on imdb in that face you'll be like yep yeah i know, you're, that, you're, guy. You're like, I know that guy <laughs> which is funny you're like holy cow i know that guy yeah um well, yeah he's an ever he was in everything in the 90s and the 80s yeah um I get it. Uh, but again, like in the movie, I thought everyone did a great job portraying the characters. You know, again, like I didn't like Jensen Ackles' Batman voice, so I'm on that hill. But, you know, I, it, it, that doesn't take away from how good this movie is. It's hmm. still, he, he still did a wonderful job acting. His voice acting skills are on par. The voice isn't what I wanted to be, but he didn't do a bad job. Gotcha. Yeah. You no. Know? And Ed Asner's granny goodness, like, God bless. Like, yeah. Like, RIP. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing uh, um, i believe tara strong has a a couple cameos as well oh really uh, okay. i believe she I voices that. lashina she's she's in a couple of them um that's your i mean it's one of your celebrities she's one of my, my celebrity bffs yeah her, her and uh what's his name 
uh oh i just i wrote, i posted a story about him the other day on uh straight uh, straight i forget what his name is come on i don't know well, but anyway so there was another actor i forgot his name i've drawn okay. him. i'm having a, i'm having an oops moment um <laughs> you know i forgot where my mother boxes were what's the guy's name <laughs> um you have anything left to say about the story before we move on to the the last part of the show uh, we wrap uh, up? i i don't think i did a good enough job talking about the story oh, there's a lot to talk about from characterization everyone but I, I i really do love it i i recommend everyone if you've never read the story go out and read it it's one of the best trinity stories you will ever read it is one of the best dc universe stories you will ever read um i it's it's beautiful the artwork's lovely the writing's lovely, characterization's lovely. It's just, and it's, you know, it's uh, it's also written uh, in memory of Christopher Reeve, which you will, uh, which I did not remember. I found that out as I went to the, I was like, oh my God, I remember this. Yes, I, I do remember they dedicated this to Christopher Reeve. So, uh, you know, yeah, buy, buy the book in his and Michael Turner's honor. You know, the absolute edition I looked on in stock trades right now is 50% off, $49.99. For 13 issues of a comic in an absolute edition. That's a good deal. I don't know how you turn that down. Yeah, that's a that's a good deal. Considering uh, I bought it because I only actually like six of the issues. Like, I don't like public yeah. enemies, but I spent 50 bucks for the because that's how much Michael Turner means to me. Yeah, you like it that much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I Pete, this is my first time reading it, and I I had a lot of fun with this book. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I thought it was it was great. The art the art was great. The writing was great. The characters all had really badass moments, uh, full of action, but yet didn't lose didn't lose scope on having like a a, a core um, like a core message and in relations the relationships between each other and stuff. I thought like kind of knocked it out of the park. This is just park. It was a great story. I thought so. Uh, I'm really glad that you came onto the show more than your agreed upon appearances and uh you brought your boy Uxus. yeah i'm i'm ha- i'm happy to get some Uxus on the show yeah he's on here have you have you done a batman and alien story yet is this the first one this is the first the first uh i mean yeah i'm trying to think the only justice league ones were kingdom come with uh mr minnesota and then uh, Tower of Babel with Chris Balga. Mm. Everything else is def- has been a a Batman story. I mean, this is you know 100 ne- 107 episodes, but, but yeah, I'm pretty tough. sure that's just been Batman Batman centric for sure. And uh, yeah, this is a good one. It's a good one for the Dark Side debut. The Dark Side debut. The Double D on the BBC. Oh God. With Peter sounds V. Like, looks like this should be on Red Tube. <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyways, let's let's the final part of this show, Pete. We're gonna talk about some some polls. <laughs> Speaking of of Red Tube and some polls, um, let's go to the Batman polls. No idea where last, this is going. In response or in relation to the last episode, uh, talking about the Batcave Companion with author Michael Cronenberg, what a great discussion that was uh, with both authors. Um, talking to the Batcave Companion, different. Uh, <laughs> lost my train of thought. 
talking the different eras of Batman comic books. There we go. If you say it slowly, then uh, then you'll get it all out. But the two episodes, if you haven't listened to them yet, Michael Urie, Batman comics in the 1960s, Michael Cronenberg, Batman comics in the 1970s. There we go. Check those out. Great guys, full of uh, encyclopedic knowledge. But the last po- Batman poll on the Twitter at the Batman BC was about the 70s comics. And I said, which decade produced more memorable Batman comics, the 1970s or the 1980s? I try, Pete, to have polls that will hopefully be close. And I'm always surprised that not many are. This one was not close at all. Who won't? 1980s by a very i mean it was a great a great turnout um I mean, for people voting to appreciate that returns it's um, tough to beat that batman comics so scratch okay. watchman even but 1980s uh 78.9 percent over 1970s so 80s i was almost good. i was thinking of quantity when i was originate originally thinking of that question because i thought okay the front half i feel like the 70s throughout had good batman stories the 80s were oh, the back it. half. Nobody really talks about the front half of the 80s and Batman stories. Um, well, and then, well, the back but then half it comes makes up for it. And then it comes out the back half of you know Dark Knight Returns, Year One, uh, Death in the Family, The Killing Joke, Arkham Asylum. So there's five stories. Whereas you have how many issues of Brave and the Bold in the 70s from Neil Adams? The issues of like Batman, like the Neil Adams and uh, Denny O'Neill individual issues coming out. Then he had the strange apparitions run. And then Len Wein came in and like, there's so many good stories from the seventies. And that's kind of, I thought that that was a good comparison, but. I think I'm with you. I think the poll should be a lot closer, but you're probably polling a lot of people who haven't read seventies comics. Yeah. So, which, I mean, that's fine. Read more seventies Batman comics, but um, I mean, I can't, I wouldn't, I would not disagree with whoever voted either way there either. No. Like, I, I don't know if I'd probably agree and say the eighties, just because look at what I listened. The impact of those five stories that I just listed yeah. Yeah. is pretty, I don't know, defiant. Uh, I mean, dark Knight returns is what once in a lifetime it's been tried. They've tried to replicate they tried. It, yeah. And they can't, and it, it can't work. I mean, even Marvel tried with like Spider-Man rain, like to try to do the, uh, <laughs> The old man coming back story. And year um, one is still, I mean, it started a whole year, you know, uh, trend yeah. in comics. And it's still the movie that just came out two months ago, two and a half months ago. You know, parts of that story were in that movie. So and it's still having that's an That's the second so time. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, this new Batman poll question, like I said, go to at the Batman BC. Um on Twitter and answer this one. And Pete, I'm going, I was maybe this one will be close, maybe it won't. Um which, and I mean there's a movie coming out. So so Ooxus yeah. uh, or Galactus. Which, okay, which, well. su- which DC super pet do you like more? Oh, oh Ace or Crypto? Crypto. <laughs> crypto. I hope that it's closer than that. That took you hardly half a second it's no i'm sorry it's no contest really okay oh crypto like crypto better than oh yes yeah even with that ace story going on in batman urban legends right even with that ace story going on uh and i love i love ace from batman beyond 
that's a different ace. Uh, I appreciate that version as well. But no, I, I would have to go. I have to go with crypto, definitely easily. You know, um, I uh, on on the Straight of Gotham news feed, I posted um, an article about Super Pet merch that was actually going on sale, and there is a seven inch plush uh, crypto that comes with a twelve inch plush Superman, and I will be buying that uh, wow. for crypto alone. Okay. I'll probably I'll probably uh, give the Superman to uh, like church or something. They can give it to like, the, the love kid. for crypto is. Strong. But uh, I'm gonna buy the. I'm buying. The, it's like I think it's like thirty bucks. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm spending thirty bucks for crypto alone. I want a seven inch crypto without a doubt. Yeah, totally. Okay. If Darkseid had a dog, what would the name be? Uh, Death Strike. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, like, let's, it... let's, let's just think. Okay, so you have you've got Bernadette, <laughs> Mad Harriet, Stompa, Granny Goodness, uh, Lashina, <laughs> Calabac. Like, <laughs> what does like? Okay, so Dark Sky's got a weird thing for names. Okay. <laughs> like, what would you name it? I don't know. Death Bite. Uh, <laughs> like, what if, what if he named his dog? That should be that should be the poll. What would Dark Side's dog be named? There's too many, too many questions. There'd be too many answers. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't narrow it down to four. All right, we've gone off the hinges. So, Pete, thank you for coming to the the Batman Book Club an episode early. I I want to come I'm, back next time. I would love to. I love <laughs> sitting here and talking Batman with my buddy Lauer uh, because sometimes. I feel like you're the only one who understands me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has these horrible hot takes, except for Lauer. And I'm like, why are you the only normal person I know? <laughs> like, no. How come you don't? Why don't you say anything stupid? <laughs> like, no, I can. Is, <laughs> oh, believe me, I probably I do. It's just not don't, in front of a mic. I'm sure. you, when you start saying dumb things on Twitter, it's the day I drive off the Secaucus Bridge. <laughs> there's no hope for society it's like oh lauer's becoming an idiot Uh we're all doomed that's over that's the barometer oh my god (laughs) (laughs) if lauer succumbs to stupidity oh geez um why don't you go ahead and plug away um well you could follow me on social media that's twitter instagram and zach snyder's favorite platform bureau at pete illustrated uh, I do several podcasts. You can follow podcast number one. That is a news-based podcast that I co-host with the champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman. That's straight out of Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook fan page and we have a Facebook group. Uh, check those places out. Lots of good discourse going over there. Um, check out at team yellow oval. That's not a podcast. Check out podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man coalition podcast. I co-host that with my wonderful uh, goombas, uh, sausage and meatball, Nicholas and Nico Caruso, the uh, the finest duo in Chicago since Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo. Uh, just a couple of uh, guineas talking Spider-Man. We've got some episodes over there. Check that out. At Italians for Spidey on Twitter, Italian Spider-Man Coalition on your podcast feed. Uh, check out at Team Yellow Oval as we just celebrate the return of the Yellow Oval in print. And in live action, uh, Keaton's back. The Oval's back. We're happy. You're happy. Let's all just dance. Um, you can follow Batman on film on uh, in YouTube. I got interviews with Michael Houston there. Tara Strong, we mentioned earlier. Um, I've got toy reviews over there. 
uh, check that stuff out for the Batman for uh, going back to Aquaman. I got a back manter toy review. So check that stuff out. I've got uh detective comics reviews on Batman on film proper. Make sure you check that out. Um, and I'm all over social media. I love talking capes and tights. I love talking baseball. So if you're in any of that stuff, um, hit me up and uh, let's have uh, let's have a great summer. And I like barbecue. So if you like eating, uh, you know, meat that's been smoked for, eight to 10 hours. Yeah. Please talk to me about it. Cause I love talking carnivore. That's Pete. He does a lot and he'll be back next episode. And screw Gary. Our, our monthly wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes. Uh, there you go. Follow Pete on, on all of that. All those platforms, all those ways. He's a, uh, he's quite the entertaining uh, gentleman. You can follow the Batman book club. Like I just said, for the poll on Twitter and Instagram, actually at the Batman BC for latest episode updates, uh, latest episode drops, polls, sometimes some giveaways like right now, you got there giveaway. is a giveaway. Yeah. There's a giveaway right now on the Batman book club. A uh, winner will be drawn on a Friday, May 27th. So head over there as soon as you can, you can find out how you can, um, participate in that uh make sure to go to youtube and follow the batman book club on the youtube channel what i teased at the top of the show of me and pete i think that that will have a presence on the youtube so head there subscribe to that channel if you have any questions comments uh anything batman related at all that you want to say you can write in the batman bc at gmail.com if you want to support the show there's a variety of ways you can do it first off patreon.com slash the batman bc or T Public, where you can buy some Batman Book Club merchandise, whether it's T-shirts, hoodies, onesies, notebooks, uh, whatever you like. But if you don't want to spend any money at all, that's 100% A-OK. Best thing you can do is rate and review the show, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon, uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just go to the rate and review page. The more reviews it gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So. For Peter Arvera, I am Ryan Lauer, and until next time, read more Batman comics. Oops, just comics. <laughs>